0: Kathy with a K. And I'm Kathy with a C. And this is season two of Killer Destinations. Today's destination is Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis was founded in 1819 and the city is named after the ancient Egyptian city of Memphis, which means enduring and beautiful. Today, Memphis is one of the nation's leading commercial centers in transportation and logistics, due in large part to FedEx. The company was formed in Memphis in 1971, is the city's largest employer, and it maintains its global air hub at Memphis International Airport, making it the busiest cargo airport in the world. Memphis is a center for media and entertainment and is notable for its music scene. Historic Beale Street is known as the home of the blues and has been voted the second most popular entertainment district in America following Bourbon Street in New Orleans. Memphis is also mentioned in more songs than any other city in the world, more than 400 according to Billboard magazine. Memphians take great pride in their city. Now, however, the eyes of the world are on Memphis for reasons unrelated to its charm. The brazen crime committed against one of its daughters has caused collective heartbreak in a city struggling to understand why. On Friday,
1: September 2nd, 2022, Eliza Welford Fletcher made national news for a tragic reason. She went for her regular run at 4 a.m. and never returned home. Still photos taken from surveillance cameras of her running became a media focus for a furious 48-hour period. So here's what we know about Eliza, her family, and the circumstances of her abduction. 34-year-old Eliza Fletcher, who went by Liza, grew up in Memphis. She was from a wealthy and well-connected Memphis family. Her maternal grandfather was the late Joseph Orgill III, who was a Memphis businessman and philanthropist. In the late 1960s, Orgill took over as president of the family hardware company founded by his grandfather in 1847. He is credited with turning it from a regional company into a worldwide business with revenues in excess of $3 billion a year. One hundred and seventy five years after its founding, the company is still majority owned by the Orgill family and the great, great grandson of the founder sits on its board of directors. Liza graduated from Hutchison School in Memphis in 2006. Now, this is a Tony private all girls school, which serves ages two through the 12th grade. And Kath, I read somewhere that the tuition at the high school level is twenty five thousand a year. So fancy. After high school graduation, Liza went to the University of Memphis, where she played soccer, and then went to Baylor University in Waco, Texas, where she graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree in Exercise Science and Sports Science. She then received a Master's in Teaching from Belmont University in Nashville.
0: Liza met her future husband, Richard James Fletcher III, at the Second Presbyterian Church, which was the church they both attended, and they were married on March 8, 2014. And they have two young sons who are seven and five years old. According to her husband Richie's LinkedIn page, he is currently a dealer manager at Memphis Boat Center, a position he has held for over a year. He actually began his career as a machinery tech for the U.S. Coast Guard, which he served in for four years, ending in 2005. And he is the son of parents who both served in the U.S. Navy. He has a bachelor's degree in project management from Union University, a private Christian university in Jackson, Tennessee, and after a stint in the Coast Guard, Richie worked as a project manager for Memphis Millwork, as a maintenance mechanic for a marine company, and as a project consultant for an environmental company. On Friday, September 2nd, 2022, Liza started her day like she normally did. An avid runner, she got up to go running before going to her job as a junior kindergarten teacher at St. Mary's Episcopal School. Now, junior kindergarten is sometimes called pre-K, sometimes it's called TK. Mm -hmm. It's basically just preparing younger kids to be able to go into kindergarten and be academically successful. What was interesting, Kath, I also read is that she qualified for the Boston Marathon in 2019. For her age group to qualify, she had to run a marathon that was affiliated with the Boston Marathon Uh in under three hours and 30 minutes. She ran a marathon in 2019. It was the St. Jude Marathon. Memphis is the home of St. Jude Children's Hospital. When she ran in that marathon, which is a qualifying marathon for them to accept your time to try and enter into the Boston Marathon, She ran at three hours, 26 minutes and nine seconds. Oh, my God.
1: That's awesome. She she made it with three minutes to kill. (laughs) That's
0: awesome. When Liza had not returned home by 7 a.m., her husband, Richie, called the police. Liza had a regular running route she liked to take that was near the University of Memphis. And police went to the area to see if they could find anything that might help them figure out where she might be. According to a court document, at about 6.45 a.m., a resident was riding his bike on one of the streets near the university and found Liza's cell phone and a pair of men's Champion brand Slides sandals laying in the street near each other. The resident gave these items to one of Liza Fletcher's family members, who then turned them over to investigators. Now, Kath, nothing has been written, either in court documents, affidavits, or the press, about how this person knew that this was Liza Fletcher's cell phone, and then even how to get in touch with her family.
1: I know. I agree. I was looking for it as well.
0: So I assumed that, I mean... She has a credit card holder attached exactly. to the back. Yep. And she yep. has her there license had to be and everything. Exactly. After the items were turned over to the investigators, it prompted detectives to locate video surveillance in the area where the items were found. And when they pulled the video, it showed a black GMC terrain passing Liza as she ran. And then farther ahead, it pulled over and waited for her to run by.
1: So her husband called the police at 7 a.m., right? Correct. Okay, that makes sense because I read an article that said crime scene techs and detectives were at the Fletcher home Removing things very early in the morning until later that day, which was obviously the day she went missing.
0: Because he called her and reported her missing, but had this evidence of where her stuff was found. That's my guess. I bet you're exactly right.
1: I'm putting the pieces of the puzzle together. We know that somebody returned stuff to him the shoes, the cell phone, and then he turned it over to the police. We also know that the police were taking things from his home.
0: And it makes sense, too, because the husband is always the first suspect. Yeah, totally. I read that they took a laptop, Mm -hmm. they took gardening shears, they also towed her car. Yes, exactly. Now, after Richie Fletcher turned over the items, this prompted the detectives to locate video surveillance in the area where the items were found. And in looking at the videos, they actually saw a black GMC Terrain SUV passing Liza and then pulling over farther ahead, waiting for her to run by.
1: The video showed a male exit the SUV who ran aggressively toward Liza, then forced her into the passenger side of the black GMC terrain. During the abduction, the surveillance video shows Liza fighting her attacker. The SUV then sat in a parking lot for approximately four minutes before it drove off. The video shows that the vehicle had noticeable damage on the back passenger side taillight area. Approximately 24 minutes before Liza was abducted, a different city camera caught the same vehicle in the area and was able to capture a partial license plate. Later that day, so this is Friday, September 2nd, 2022, the Sandals were sent to the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation Lab for DNA testing. The DNA found on the shoes matched DNA in the FBI's CODIS database. It came back to Cleotha Abstin, who also goes by Cleotha Henderson. Investigators then sought to determine the whereabouts of Cleotha Abstin before, during, and after the abduction. They were able to obtain video surveillance from a movie theater that showed Abston wearing the same Champion brand slide sandals one day before Liza Fletcher's abduction.
0: And Kath, a lot of this is written out in the police affidavit. Mm -hmm. It does not explain how they got the movie theater, how they knew to look there. There is no detail about that.
1: I agree with you. You were able to find two police affidavits. And of course, we have all these newspaper articles, Right, but there are so many missing components. Like, for example, I find it strange that this person saw her phone and also took with them these shoes, like these male shoes. Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is interesting to me. Memphis Police Sergeants Payne and Barrett interviewed the owner of the cleaning service that employed Abstin. She confirmed that Abstin worked for her and drove a GMC Terrain. She was able to give Sergeants Payne and Barrett his cell number which then, of course, enabled investigators to issue a search warrant for his cell records. Cell tower information determined that Abstin was in the same area from which Liza Fletcher was abducted at the same time Liza was seen on surveillance video being forced into a black GMC terrain.
0: At 1045 a.m. on September 3rd, 2022, so this is the day after Liza's abduction, the GMC terrain was located by Memphis PD Sergeant Doty. The vehicle was backed into a parking spot in the parking lot area of an apartment complex and was confirmed to be the vehicle by the license plate number and the noticeable damage to the rear passenger side taillight. Sergeant Doty also observed a male subject matching the physical description of Cleotha Abstin, who was kind of hanging out in the doorway. Abston walked over to the GMC to get into it and officers moved to detain him. When they tried to stop him from leaving in the car, he tried to flee on foot and was quickly taken into custody. That same morning, investigators interviewed a woman named Chantelle Anthony, who told them she saw Abston around 7.50 a.m. on the day of the abduction. He was at his brother Mario's house and cleaning the interior of the GMC terrain. Abston's brother Mario also confirmed to detectives that he saw his brother cleaning the interior of the car with floor cleaner and saw Abston washing his clothes in the sink in the house. Mario said Abston's behavior that morning was very strange. Shortly after Abston was taken into custody, police announced on their Facebook page that he was charged in connection with Liza's disappearance. Saying the individual who was detained has been officially charged in connection with the abduction of Eliza Fletcher. At this point in the investigation, Leotha Abston, 38, has been charged with especially aggravated kidnapping and tampering with evidence. Eliza Fletcher has not been located at this time. MPD investigators and officers, along with our local and federal partners, continue searching for Mrs. Fletcher. So, Kathy, the other thing I thought was interesting about this, they brought up Abstin's brother, Mario. Mm-hmm. So Mario was very helpful in talking to the police, explaining his behavior and whatnot. But in the same announcement that I just read from Facebook, the Memphis PD also announced that Mario, who is Cleotha's younger brother, had been arrested at the same time. However, it was not for anything having to do with Liza Fletcher's disappearance.
1: Which I thought was interesting because when I found out that his brother was arrested, the way it was being played and presented was like, oh, the brothers were arrested for this. I originally believed he was probably an accessory after the fact or something like that. But, right,
0: like helping him clean his but car But was like, no, no, no,
1: just, you know, side fentanyl deal.
0: Mario was actually charged with possession of a controlled substance with intent to manufacture and sell fentanyl, mm-hmm. possession of a controlled substance with intent to manufacture and sell heroin, and a convicted felon in possession of a firearm during the commission of a dangerous felony.
1: After the Memphis Police Department took Cleotha Abstin into custody, he declined to tell investigators where Eliza Fletcher was. In an amended affidavit filed with the court seeking an arrest warrant, police stated, quote, As the abduction was violent, with, as captured on video, the suspect waiting for her, then rushing toward the victim, then forcing the victim into the vehicle where she was confined and removed and continues to be missing— It is believed and supported by the facts and the physical evidence that she suffered serious injury. Further, it is probable and apparent from the witness statement that these injuries left evidence. For example, blood in the vehicle that Abston cleaned, After the announcement of the arrest of Cleotha Abston, Liza Fletcher's family held a news conference and spoke publicly on her abduction for the first time. Liza's husband, brother, and parents were there, and her uncle Mike Feeney read a statement. The statement said, We want to start by thanking everyone for their prayers and outpouring of support. Liza has touched the hearts of many people, and it shows. We want to thank the Memphis Police Department, Shelby County Sheriff's Department, Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, and all other law enforcement agencies who are working tirelessly to find Liza. The family has met with the police, and we shared with them all the information we know. More than anything, we want to see Liza returned home safely. The family has offered a $50,000 reward for any information that leads to her safe return. We believe someone knows what happened and can help.
0: According to an amended affidavit, on Monday, September 5th, members of the Memphis Police Department, the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, The FBI, the ATF, Homeland Security, and the Shelby County Sheriff's Office Search and Rescue searched an area of Memphis based on data received from the FBI's Cellular Analysis Survey team. The searchers split up into groups. Memphis Police Officer Moore noticed high grass south of a vacant residence. Officers with him also noted that there were vehicle tracks in the grass adjacent to the driveway of the vacant residence, and as they got closer, they smelled an odor of decay. The officers fanned out and approached the residence. Memphis Police Officer Fields noticed a set of steps at the rear of the driveway, and located next to them was a female in a state of decomposition. A medical examiner with the West Tennessee Regional Forensic Center arrived at the location and pronounced the victim deceased. So, Kath, let me try to, like, set the
1: scene. If you're standing on the sidewalk... The house that they were looking at was very small. It was two bedroom, one bath, like 700 square feet. According to Zillow. Exactly. So imagine you're looking at this little house and you're facing west, but the steps and the front door are facing north. The street that they were on, they were seeing the side of the house. Now, the house has a driveway which leads up to the front steps. On each side of the driveway, there's grass. So, the grass was really high, and the body was not visible from the sidewalk. When they talk about the steps at the end of the driveway, that's actually the steps to the front porch, a very small front porch.
0: Law enforcement from the various agencies we mentioned that were near the location where they found the body then began canvassing the surrounding area. A detective located a discarded trash bag about 100 feet north of where the female body was found, and it contained purple Lululemon running shorts that were consistent with the shorts Liza Fletcher was seen wearing in the video taken on the morning she was abducted.
1: On the following Tuesday, September 6th, so this is four days after Liza Fletcher was first reported missing, Memphis police confirmed that the body found Monday was positively identified as Liza. Shortly after the announcement, Cleotha Abstin appeared before a judge on Tuesday, September 6th, and prosecutors updated his charges to include murder, premeditated murder, and murder in the perpetration of a kidnapping.
0: So, Kath, on September 6th, this was the third set of charges against Cleotha Abstin. The murder charges were the third set? The murder charges were the third set. So the first was the kidnapping. Okay. The third was the murder. Right. But in the middle of all of this, on Sunday, so two days before he was charged with murder... Abston was actually charged with a number of identity theft charges. There was actually three of them that had to do with identity theft, theft of property, and illegal possession of a credit card or debit card. Ah. And the other thing, Kathy, is that after these first two sets of charges, Abston's bail was set at $510,000. But with these new charges, he was ordered held without bond. Yes, I read that.
1: And good. Kath, why are so many dogs now suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, said she's seeing more issues with joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health, their food.
0: What she discovered is actually the way many dog foods are made can create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true even for many of the premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw a huge transformation in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. And Kath,
1: as you know, we have a schnauzer named Ollie, and even though my husband insists he is not, he is overly flatulent. (laughs) After I started giving him this food, I swear there was a reduction in his smell.
0: I love that. And I'll come over to your house now. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you know, we have a Vishla we call Orange and she's a senior dog. And over the last couple of weeks, she has actually had more energy to be running around the backyard with the younger dog, the Doberman we call Brown. Or crazy. A little bit. (laughs)
1: So if you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com slash killer D and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D dot com slash killer D. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Memphis Police Department video analysts researched surveillance videos during the time of the incident and the videos revealed that on September 2nd at 5.48 a.m., this is about 90 minutes after Liza was abducted, a series of cameras revealed Abstin's GMC terrain as it exited the I-240 freeway and continued along a series of streets until it turned onto East Person Avenue. This was the cross street where Liza's body was found.
0: After Memphis PD announced that the body they found was positively identified as Liza Fletcher, her family released a statement in which they asked for time to grieve in privacy without outside intrusion during this painful time. They said, we are heartbroken and devastated by this senseless loss. Liza was such a joy to so many, her family, friends, colleagues, students, parents, members of her second Presbyterian church congregation, and everyone who knew her. Now it's time to remember and celebrate how special she was and to support those who cared so much for her. We appreciate all the expressions of love and concern we have received. We are grateful beyond measure to local, state, and federal law enforcement for their tireless efforts to find Liza and to bring justice to the person responsible for this horrible crime. I will say, Kathy, one thing that I thought was somewhat gratifying is they actually found her.
1: Yeah, I agree completely.
0: I read something recently that made a lot of sense to me. We always hear about no second location, and I'm not talking about this, but I just mean in general. Right. I read something recently that said there are two reasons for no second location. One, it's because that is where the majority of people are killed. Yep. But secondly, when you're at a second location, they rarely find your body. Oh. If you think about it, i have never thought it that No, it makes perfect sense. It makes
1: perfect sense, sadly. So now, who is Cleotha Abston, a.k.a. Cleotha Henderson? According to a report from journalist Jessica Jaglois with Action News 5, Cleotha Abston was only 11 years old when he first entered the Shelby County Juvenile Court system. Over the next five years, he would be detained 16 times for charges ranging from aggravated assault to rape. Abstin's first charge was filed in June 1995 for theft of property, $500 or less. According to Jessica Jaglois, juvenile court records were exclusively reviewed by Action News 5. They show that Abstin was a part of the LMG gang, which stands for LeMoyne Gardens Gangsters. LeMoyne Gardens was a public housing project that was apparently torn down in 1998, but from it came this gang. According to the news report, the juvenile records showed that Abstin's rape victim was a young man who was asked to testify in court. The rape charges were sustained and Abstin was placed in the custody of the Shelby County Youth Services Bureau.
0: So, Kathy, when it says that the rape conviction was sustained, I'm assuming that means that he was essentially found guilty.
1: Frankly, I'm assuming the same thing, too. But juvenile courts do things differently and different states vary from one another. But sustained essentially means I agree with you. Like, for example, if you have an objection. Objection,
0: non-responsive. That's right. (laughs) Sustained.
1: (laughs) Anyway, so I'm assuming it's equivalent to a conviction.
0: Okay, thank you.
1: According to a report in the Daily Mail, Abston was detained 16 times from October 1995 to May 2000 for rape, aggravated assault, unlawful possession of a weapon, and other things. Two weeks after he was released from a six-month stint in juvenile hall, Abston committed yet another crime, but this one landed him in the adult system. So, Kath, in an article in the Commercial Appeal newspaper, and this was from May 27th of 2000. Journalist Chris Conley reported that on May 25th, 61-year-old criminal defense attorney Kemper Durand, an attorney in the law firm Lewis Thomason in Memphis, was leaving an award ceremony at a music venue on Beale Street just before 2 a.m. As he approached his car, he was confronted by a gunman. The gunman took Mr. Duran's wallet and ordered him into the trunk of Mr. Duran's 1992 Mercedes-Benz. The assailant got into the driver's seat and picked up two buddies and parked in a nearby parking lot. They opened the trunk and they demanded that Mr. Duran give them the pin for his ATM card. Then they shut the trunk and they took off. When they got back, they were frustrated, probably an extreme euphemism, because they were not able to withdraw any money from the ATM. And Kath, I couldn't figure out why they weren't able to withdraw money from the ATM, so perhaps Mr. Durand gave the wrong PIN code.
0: That's my assumption, actually. I mean, it's an assumption, but... Right, because honestly, if it was me, as soon as you give them your PIN and they're able to get money out... They don't need you anymore. Exactly. After trying a
1: second time unsuccessfully to withdraw money, they decided to make Durand himself Mm. withdraw the money, and they drove to a Mapco Express store. Which is like a convenience store in Tennessee. Once inside the store, Duran told his assailants that he was not going anywhere with them.
0: That's the other reason I think that he told them that. Like gave him the wrong pin. Exactly. To get him out of the trunk. Right. Yeah. If so, this guy's a genius. I agree. And as a criminal defense attorney, he's been around the block a couple times in terms of the criminal element. So just by chance,
1: security officer R. Witten with the Memphis Housing Authority happens to walk into the store. Grace of God. Totally grace of God. So Mr. Durand yelled at the officer that he needed help, which caused the three assailants to run. The robbers fled on foot, leaving his Mercedes in the parking lot while the security officer called the police.
0: So, Kathy, what was interesting afterwards, of course, the police are called and Kemper Durand sits with the police for several hours to go through what happened and, you know, all the different nuances of the night, that kind of thing. Right. He actually told the police that the robbers did not threaten him except by pointing a gun in his face. I'd call that a pretty damn serious threat. (laughs) I'm going to agree with that. Also, you mentioned the law firm that he worked for, Lewis Thomason. Liza Fletcher's uncle, Mike Feeney, who is the family spokesperson who's given out these statements we talked about, he is actually an attorney at the same firm. So I
1: read something about that,
0: and I read that people
1: were thinking there might have been a connection. So our victim's uncle was from the same firm as one of Abstin's victims. Correct. What a coincidence.
0: It is, and I know that there have been some things online written about the fact that there might be something nefarious behind it. It doesn't look like Kemper Durand or Liza's Uncle Mike Feeney overlapped by very much, if at all, at the firm.
1: Yeah, I have not read anything that actually establishes any kind of connection Correct. between Liza's abduction and this prior abduction. After all these interviews with the police for several hours, what would you do, Kath? I would go home and um, take a bath and maybe sleep for 17 hours.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I would go home and I'd probably eat a pint of ice cream and then sleep for 17 hours. I didn't talk about the part where I would drink wine before going to bed. (laughs) (laughs) That was a given, probably. But Kemper Duran went into the office. So he was interviewed by journalist Chris Conley for the Commercial Appeal newspaper, who you referenced earlier, and he said, I just had a lot of work to do. So he went from his kidnapping to the police station to the office. Yes. He actually told this journalist that he wasn't worried about himself. He was worried about his wife because his wife had been Mm. with him at the awards ceremony and she left earlier than he did with friends. And he knew that she was wondering where he was. This guy sounds like a classic criminal defense attorney, though. Does he? Yeah.
1: I mean, just the whole stuff happens kind of attitude.
0: But my thought, Kathy, was that he was probably repressing a lot of this. Like, I got to get through the next day. I'm just not going to think about it.
1: That's because that's what you would do. But you're probably right, because what I read in later interviews was that he thought he was going to die that night. He knew that these were killers. He felt that Abstin in particular was extremely unrepentant. So three days after Camper Duran's kidnapping and attempted robbery, 12-year-old, yes, 12-year-old Victor Crump and 16-year-old Cleotha Abstin were arrested following a tip to Crime Stoppers. Early the next morning, Marquette Cobbins, who was 17, was taken into custody as well. Cleotha Abstin was identified by the attorney, Kemper Durant, as the gunman. However, 15 months later, when Marquette Cobbins, who's now 19 years old, pleaded guilty to aggravated robbery and facilitation to commit aggravated kidnapping, Kemper Durand was like, oh wait, whoa, hold on. I want to testify. I want to address the court. So he appears in court and he takes the stand and he tells the judge that Marquette Cobbins was not the man who accosted him at gunpoint the night he was kidnapped. He said Marquette Cobbins was there and he could certainly be considered an accomplice. But as Kemper saw it, the man was in the wrong place with the wrong person at the wrong time. Kemper further described how in those hours he spent in the trunk of his car, I can't imagine how terrifying that was, he heard Cobbins and Abstin talking to each other. He heard Cobbins pleading with Abstin to stop the car, let Durand out, give him the keys, let him go, all that kind of stuff. So Kemper Durand portrayed Cobbins as an unwilling accomplice and asked the judge to give him the most lenient sentence possible. The judge agreed and sentenced Marquette Cobbins to just over seven years in prison.
0: That says a lot about Kemper Durand as a person because as scared as he was, and yes, he was physically unharmed during all of this, but the mental harm had to have lasted. Totally. But he still went and helped this man. Right. And to me, that just says so much about his heart. His character, for his sure. His kindness. Exactly. Yeah, all of that. I agree.
1: So Abstin is 16 at the time of the crime. And due to his lengthy history and the nature of the crimes, he was tried as an adult. So he winds up pleading guilty to aggravated kidnapping and aggravated robbery. And he turned down the prosecution's previous offer of a 15-year sentence. And the judge winds up giving him 24 years. Oops. Yeah, exactly. So fast forward to 2009, Abston asked the court for an early release citing, in part, ineffective
0: counsel. And this would have been on the part of the Public Defender's Office, correct? Correct.
1: However, a victim impact statement written by Kemper Duran discouraged Abston's release, saying he felt extremely lucky to have escaped and that Abston felt absolutely no remorse for the crime. So Abston winds up serving 20 of a 24-year sentence, which was 85% of his term, and he was
0: released in November of
1: 2020.
0: Which was 22 months prior to Liza Fletcher being abducted and killed. Exactly. On Tuesday, September 6th, Tennessee Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally tweeted that he believed had Abston served his full sentence, Liza Fletcher would still be alive. However, newly elected Shelby County District Attorney Steve Mulroy made it clear that he did not agree. Overall, D.A. Mulroy said he favors the rehabilitation of prisoners over longer sentences and thinks to a large extent that we have given up on using prisons to rehabilitate. And the shame of it is if we took the rehabilitation seriously, we would actually reduce the repeat offender rate over the long term. However, Kathy, I found it interesting because the next day a reporter asked him again whether Abstin should really have been released early after spending 20 years in prison for the kidnapping of Kemper Durand. This time, D.A. Mulroy said, well, it's easy to talk about things with 2020 hindsight. In this particular case, clearly he should not have been on the street. Our office opposed parole at the time, and in hindsight, the parole decision was a tragic one. When you have repeat violent offenders, they need to be dealt with very strongly.
1: Are you telling me that a politician changed his position?
0: (laughs) I know! (laughs) That does not happen. It's crazy!
1: (laughs) Regardless of backtracking politicians, one thing that is abundantly clear is that Abston had no role models on how to behave. Correct. Yeah, his dad was in prison, I don't even know when, like, I mean, definitely during his youth, right? Right. When he was
0: first arrested when he was 11, his father was in prison. Yes. And then, sadly, in 2010... So this is now nine years after Abston was convicted for the kidnapping of Kemper Durand. His father was charged with first degree murder. Right. And the murder itself was over a girlfriend. So what had happened is his father's name is Cleo Henderson. Cleo Henderson. Yeah. He went to a bar, club, convenience store, market is kind of what they called it. It's all those things. Okay. He was kind of spoiling for a fight is what it sounded like. He went and found this man named Reuben Jefferson. Right. Now, Cleo had a girlfriend and he was mad because Reuben Jefferson was supposedly pimping out his girlfriend. However, they were kind of both spoiling for a fight. It spilled outside of the club. Absinthe's dad was like, okay, buddy Jefferson, let's just go back in the club. Jefferson turns around to go back in the club and Henderson shot him in the head. Yes. So a grand jury returned an indictment for first degree murder. However, a jury actually convicted him of second degree murder, but because he was a repeat violent offender, because he had three enhancements on this crime, he was actually sentenced to 40 years in prison, full stop. Yeah. Exactly. So no parole, nothing.
1: Cleotha Abstin was back in court on Thursday, September 8th, 2022, because his court-appointed public defender Jennifer Case asked Judge Louis J. Montesi to review her involvement in the case amid a conflict of interest concern. The conflict stemmed from when the Public Defender's Office represented Abston for the kidnapping of Kemper Duran in May of 2000. Judge Montessi ruled that Ms. Case could proceed as Abston's attorney.
0: So basically in 2009, Kathy, he said the reason that he was in there, remember, he pled guilty. This did not go to trial. But Abston said he pled guilty because of ineffective counsel. Right.
1: Exactly. Those are the claims he made to get out of prison early.
0: Right. And that was the same hearing at which Kemper Duran testified and
1: said, no, 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 no. no. Exactly. He had no he would have killed me. He had no remorse. The district attorney's office called Liza's murder an isolated attack. Now, Kath, I found this interesting. And, you know, you and I were talking about this earlier. Why would they make that kind of statement? And I think you were right. It was your suggestion that they made the statement because there are theories out there that it was connected to the law firm or that maybe it was a kidnapping for ransom because she came from a wealthy family, you know, that kind of thing.
0: Or her husband was involved, of course, because he wanted the money. Right, exactly. So like different theories abound and the prosecutor's office is like, nope. We haven't made a connection. What you're reading is purely online. Exactly. Well, and actually, one of the things that also was there, Kathy, too, was that, and we didn't mention it earlier, but on Liza's Facebook page back about a year ago, she had mentioned that she's a fan of true crime podcasts and wanted recommendations from her friends. And so there were even things that were actually put on her social media that said, oh, she made herself a target because of this. Oh. Yeah, I don't believe that for an instant. That's shameful. And we talked about this a little bit too. Some of the things that were even posted on her Facebook page, I don't know if it's down now, but as of yesterday, it was still up. People were posting things about, well, she shouldn't have gone out running by herself. Well, she shouldn't have been wearing just a sports bra. All of these things that are not helpful in any way, they're harmful, they're hurtful, and do nothing to bring her back to her family and loved ones. Agreed. The district attorney's office also recently pointed
1: out they did not know how or where Liza was killed and they will not disclose if she was sexually assaulted. On Friday, September 9th, 2022, at 4.20 a.m., exactly one week after Liza Fletcher was abducted, thousands of runners showed up at the spot where she was abducted in order to finish Liza's last run. That's amazing. I know. The route was Liza's regular 8.2-mile run, and various running groups nationwide dedicated their Friday morning runs to finishing Liza's run. Funeral services were held Saturday, September 10, 2022, at Second Presbyterian Church, with hundreds of mourners present.
0: Obviously, this is breaking news. If something significant comes up, we will do another quick recording that we will send out. Otherwise, we will continue to give you updates via social media.
1: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need.